welcome to the worship podcast of Grace Episcopal Church in Newton, Massachusetts for Sunday, September 6, 2020. I'm Regina Walton, pastor and rector at Grace. Wherever you are on your faith journey, you are welcome in our worship and in our community. I'm back from a restful and refreshing summer sabbatical. I'm very grateful to Pastor Britta Carlson, to our vestry and leadership, and to our parish staff for taking such good care of things and for working so hard on issues relating to our tower and to regathering while I was away. You were all in my prayers daily, and I thank you for your prayers for me. This morning, I am also glad to welcome back to our virtual pulpit, Lauren Killalay, postulant for Holy Orders, sponsored by Grace and Seminarian at Virginia Theological Seminary. The only disadvantage to having Lauren preach online is that we can't see Jude and baby Harry in the pew with Lauren and Amy, and we do miss them very much, but we're glad to have Lauren and to hear her words. This is Labor Day weekend, and I've been thinking about how the pandemic has really upended our labor. Is there any working person whose job hasn't been changed in some way by the coronavirus? If you had asked me seven months ago if I could do nearly all of my job online, I would have said, no way. Yet, here we are. We're having a national reckoning with labor, how we do it, what labor is considered essential, and if those essential workers in fact have the compensation, the benefits, and the safe working conditions that they deserve. We are having a national reckoning with a healthcare system that is employer-based in a time of widespread unemployment. The Bible has much to say about work and workers. It's pretty consistent in upholding the dignity of laborers and condemning those who would exploit them. So this Labor Day, let us never forget, as one of the prayer book collects says, that our common life depends upon one another's toil. And whether you are kicking back this Labor Day or having to work, don't forget to wear your mask. Thank you. 
Lord, open our lips, and our mouth shall proclaim your praise. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. from the book of Exodus, chapter 12, verses 1 through 14. The Lord said to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, This month shall mark for you the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year for you. Tell the whole congregation of Israel that on the tenth of this month they are to take a lamb for each family, a lamb for each household. If a household is too small for a whole lamb, it shall join its closest neighbor in obtaining one. The lamb shall be divided in proportion to the number of people who eat of it. Your lamb shall be without blemish, a year old male. You may take it from the sheep or from the goats. You shall keep it until the 14th day of this month. Then the whole assembled congregation of Israel shall slaughter it at twilight. They shall take some of the blood and put it on the two doorposts and the lintel of the houses in which they eat it. They shall eat the lamb that same night. They shall eat it roasted over the fire with unleavened bread and bitter herbs. Do not eat any of it raw or boiled in water, but roasted over the fire with its head, legs, and inner organs. You shall let none of it remain until the morning. Anything that remains until the morning you shall burn. This is how you shall eat it, your loins girded, your sandals on your feet, and your staff in your hand, and you shall eat it hurriedly. It is the Passover of the Lord. For I will pass through the land of Egypt that night, and I will strike down every firstborn in the land of Egypt, both human beings and animals. On all the gods of Egypt I will execute judgments. I am the Lord." The blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you live. When I see the blood, I will pass over you, and no plague shall destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. This day shall be a day of remembrance for you. You shall celebrate it as a festival to the Lord. Throughout your generations, you shall observe it as a perpetual ordinance. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. Thanks be to God. Let the children of Zion be joyful in their King. Hallelujah. 
Sing to the Lord a new song. Sing his praise in the congregation of the faithful. Let Israel rejoice in his Maker. Let the children of Zion be joyful in their King. Let them praise his name in the dance. Let them sing praise to him with timbrel and harp. For the Lord takes pleasure in his people and adorns the poor with victory. Let the faithful rejoice in triumph. Let them be joyful on their beds. Let the praises of God be in their throat and a two-edged sword in their hand to wreak vengeance on the nations and punishment on the peoples, to bind their kings in chains and their nobles with links of iron, to inflict on them the judgment decreed. This is glory for all his faithful people. Hallelujah. Let the children of Zion be joyful in their King. Hallelujah. A reading from Paul's letter to the Romans, chapter 13, verses 8 through 14. Owe no one anything except to love one another for the one who loves another has fulfilled the law. The commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not covet, and any other commandment are summed up in this word, love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no wrong to a neighbor, therefore love is the fulfilling of the law. Besides this, you know what time it is, how it is now the moment for you to wake from sleep, for salvation is nearer to us now than when we became believers. The night is far gone, the day is near. Let us then lay aside the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us live honorably as in the day, not in reveling and drunkenness, not in debauchery and licentiousness, not in quarreling and jealousy, Instead, put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. Thanks be to God.
The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Matthew, chapter 18, verses 15 to 20. Glory to you, Lord Christ. Jesus said, If another member of the church sins against you, go and point out the fault when the two of you are alone. If the member listens to you, you have regained that one. But if you are not listened to, take one or two others along with you, so that every word may be confirmed by the evidence of two or three witnesses. If the member refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church. And if the offender refuses to listen even to the church, let such a one be to you as a Gentile and a tax collector. Truly I tell you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Again, truly I tell you, if two of you agree on earth about anything you ask, it will be done for you by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered in my name, I am there among them. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. Good morning, Grace Church. Thank you, Regina, for inviting me to preach today. And thanks to all of you for your love and prayers and support for Amy, Jude, Harry, and me throughout our seminary journey. I only wish that I could be with all of you in person and see your smiling faces, but I trust all of you are well and staying safe. Let us pray. Grant us, O Lord, to trust in you with all our hearts. For as you always resist the proud who confide in their own strength, so you never forsake those who make their boast of your mercy. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Well, I don't know about each of you, but I've had to create little rituals to keep myself going during the pandemic and to remind myself what day it is sometimes. Our boys, Jude and Harry, have been home the past several months, and days can be long. There are only so many crafts and online zoos to tour before it's 10 a.m. So every Wednesday, I've been loading the boys up, and we drive to get fast food through a drive through that's very safe. It's a total treat for us. The boys get French fries, and I get some quiet time to drive and I've been listening every week to Brene Brown's new podcast, Unlocking Us. If you haven't listened to this podcast, I commend it, Unlocking Us by Brene Brown. It's been my touchstone, touchstone throughout the pandemic. It keeps me grounded with the emotional survival part of being in this weird time. Brown is also an Episcopalian, so sometimes she wrestles with her faith on the podcast, and that's really enjoyable too. One week, Brown had Harriet Lerner on her show. Lerner is a psychologist and an author who is famous for writing on anger, relationships, and her latest book is called Why Won't You Apologize? On the show, she gets into the elements of a true apology and why it's so hard for people to apologize. And a big component of apologizing is listening to the one you have hurt and realizing why they are hurt and what you've done, not necessarily what we think we've done, but what we've actually done to hurt someone. 
In today's gospel, Jesus provides us some guidance on this topic. And quite amazing for Jesus, we get concrete advice. I don't know about you, but often when I hear the parables or read them, I think, well, this could go a lot of different ways. But today is very clear. We have the message. If another member of the church sins against you, go and point out the fault when the two of you are alone. Or as I like to paraphrase it, when you have a problem with your brother, go to your brother. When you have a problem with your brother, go to your brother. Well, friends, this isn't the easy advice I want to hear. It would have been so much easier to hear, go and talk to a friend and get your friend to go talk to your brother for you, right? Or what if Jesus said, oh, just pray on it and forget it. And too often the church has taught forgive, forgiveness, without much parameter around that. But no, today, Jesus asks us to do the hard, vulnerable thing and go directly to the person who has hurt us and tell them. I invite us to look at this from a couple of angles. The first is this. When we have been wronged, God knows that it hurts, and God knows that it's not a way to live in relationship. But God is asking us to be active agents in this scenario. God wants us to go and tell the person who is at fault. As a caveat, for those who have suffered abuse or neglect or some rather significant harm, this may not be possible. And I feel certain that Jesus doesn't want us to do something that will bring further pain. But for those times when someone in our community, and yes, our faith community, harms us in some way, We're called to take responsibility and address our concerns with that person instead of gossiping to someone else or expecting someone else to fix it for us. And if that doesn't work, take another person or two with you to help back you up, and eventually the whole congregation or community needs to be involved if this stubborn sinner won't listen. Which brings me back to listening. The second way to think of this gospel reading is from the perspective of the sinner, the one who has harmed. All of us will at one time need to listen to a brother or sister about something we have done or said. And friends, this is the part that I too struggle with. It's so, it's hard to get criticism at work, sure. But for me, it's so much harder to hear from friends or from my spouse or family that I have harmed them. I've had a couple scenarios in my life recently when a dear friend has approached me about ways I didn't support them in our friendship, and that is humbling. What Lerner teaches us is that apologizing is not only a gift to the person that we've harmed, but it's even a gift to ourselves. She says, In apologizing, we have to admit that we're not perfect people, that we screwed up, and some of us don't want to see that. So it doesn't feel like it's a gift to the self, but it's the greatest gift to the self because in the long term, we grow up in maturity and self-worth. Although we may feel vulnerable and small in apologizing or might feel that we'll lose the respect of the other person, it's the opposite. 
We will be more respected with a good apology. We actually grow in resilience and happiness and maturity and integrity. We grow in these things one heartfelt at apology at a time. That's what Lerner tells us. So if we take this and we think of Jesus, Jesus is giving us an invitation into deeper lives with one another. A relationship where we speak up for ourselves when we've been harmed. A relationship where we know how to listen and to apologize when we've screwed up. In our nation lately, we've seen some powerful examples of those sinned against speaking up about their pain. The Me Too movement empowered women to collectively share their stories of rape and assault. Women asked to be seen, to be listened to, and called for gender-based violence to stop. For years, the Black Lives Movement has been led by Black people calling for the nation to see the horror and pain of Black bodies being killed at the hands of police and through institutions all across the country. Both of these movements are beautiful testimonies to what Jesus calls us to do. When you have a problem with your brother, go to your brother. It's clear that for centuries, we didn't listen to one another in those one-on-one conversations. And now all of us, the whole community, needs to be involved for true reconciliation to occur. So I believe we are all being called to listen, to apologize, and ultimately change and reorient our lives so that we stop our collective sins of racism, sexism, and violence. Our friends in these movements have been brave in showing us their wounds. Now we must be brave and do the inner heart work. It's not only about what we post on social media or hanging a flag. It's not just about absolving ourselves or saying, that wasn't me. God is inviting us into the opportunity to make a real apology, to be reconciled to one another. And this will surely be a gift, friend, to those we have hurt, and it will be a gift, too, to ourselves as we learn more about who we are as God's people and how strong we can be when we are vulnerable and trust God. And most importantly, if we do this work, we will surely build a strong community of faith, one that serves God by serving one another. Friends, I hope we will join together and do this holy work. Amen. Let us affirm our faith in the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, 
the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Grant us, O Lord, to trust in you with all our hearts, for as you always resist the proud who confide in their own strength, so you never forsake those who make their boast of your mercy. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Lord God, Almighty and Everlasting Father, you have brought us in safety to this new day. Preserve us with your mighty power, that we may not fall into sin nor be overcome by adversity, but in all we do, direct us to the fulfilling of your purpose. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Father, we pray for your holy Catholic Church, that we all may be one. Grant that every member of the Church may truly and humbly serve you, that your name may be glorified by all people. We pray for all bishops, priests, and deacons, that they may be faithful ministers of your word and sacraments. We pray for all who govern and hold authority in the nations of the world, that there may be justice and peace on the earth. Give us grace to do your will in all that we undertake, that our works may find favor in your sight. Have compassion on those who suffer from any grief or trouble, that they may be delivered from their distress. Give to the departed eternal rest. Let light perpetual shine upon them. We praise you for your saints who have entered into joy. May we also come to share in your heavenly kingdom. Let us pray for our own needs and those of others. We remember all who have died, especially Oban Lopez Santiago, Mark Walton, uncle of Chris Walton, and Lydia Dorner, mother-in-law of Claire Dunning. We pray for all those celebrating birthdays this week, John, Joan, Alexander, Elizabeth, and Ben. We pray for all who worship and minister at Grace Church, giving thanks especially for the community groups that meet at Grace. We pray they will be able to share our space again soon. Let us confess our sins against God and our neighbor. Most merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done, and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart, 
we have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We are truly sorry and we humbly repent. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us and forgive us, that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways, to the glory of your name. Amen. Almighty God, have mercy on you, forgive you all your sins through our Lord Jesus Christ, strengthen you in all goodness, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, keep you in eternal life. Amen. God of all power and love, we give thanks for your unfailing presence and the hope you provide in times of uncertainty and loss. Send your Holy Spirit to enkindle in us your holy fire. Revive us to live as Christ's body in the world, a people who pray, worship, learn, break bread, share life, heal neighbors, bear good news, seek justice, rest, and grow in the Spirit. Wherever and however we gather, unite us in common prayer and send us in common mission that we and the whole creation might be restored and renewed. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The peace of God that passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God and of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, and the blessing of God Almighty, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be among you and remain with you always. Peace of Christ, it's right. 
peace to love and serve the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thank you to everyone who contributed to our worship podcast for today. We thank our guest preacher, Lauren Banks Killalay, a seminarian at Virginia Theological Seminary. Grace is sponsoring Lauren's call to ordained ministry. We also thank the Grace Church Choir, featuring section leaders Kristen Buabin, Diane Drost, Stephen M., and John Yanis, singers Jay Burke, Mariana Chango-Gasset, John and Peggy Haywood, Linda Hosfeld, Rowan Larson, Reich Lent, Bessie Lyman, Liz Marshall, Carol McNally, Jennifer Mendelson, Jean Papalia, Ben Silver, The Stearns Family, the Walton family, and Carolyn and Derek Wong. We also thank our music director and organist, Chris Hosfeld. Today's podcast featured Allison Damon on the trumpet and Jonathan Russell on clarinet. Thank you to our lector, Diane Drost, and our lay reader, Liz McCarthy.